Hi, I'm Liz Graveline. As a doctor of physical therapy, I spent my early 20s refining my intervention skills on treating joint pain, stiffness, and weakness. Now, in my early 30s, as a working mom of two toddlers, it wasn't long ago that I had to rebuild my level of fitness from the ground up. My mission has evolved to not only affect positive change amongst the frequent flyers of Stanford, Connecticut, but amongst the masses. I'll teach you how exercise can be safe and simple while blocking out the noise. On this show, morning routines, posture, joint health, and life longevity are all topics we'll break down for you into digestible bits of information to quickly implement in your day-to-day life. Regardless of whether you are the experienced or novice exerciser, this is a place you can receive actionable steps and strategies to reach you closer and closer to your fitness goals without judgment or the external pressures. Bringing back the fun and excitement into an active lifestyle so that it's tied into how you feel versus what you look like is what we'll discuss here. So settle in and get ready to be cheered on while you learn. This is the Exercise Proper Podcast. I first want to give a shout out to those of you who have been tuning in every week. Thank you so much. And if you haven't already, please hit the link in the show notes to subscribe for additional free health and fitness information such as at-home workouts, injury prevention strategies for the recreational athletes out there, and also research-based treatment interventions for pain. I'd really appreciate it. It helps small businesses like mine to subscribe to our email list. Thank you. As a quick disclaimer, the information in this episode is for informational purposes only. No material in this episode is intended to substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have questions regarding your ability to participate in a weightlifting program, seek medical advice with your primary care doctor or orthopedic doctor. Do not delay seeking medical advice because of the information you've received in this episode. Today's episode is part two of a two-episode series. In part one, I reviewed how to weight train when you want to build muscle strength versus to weight train when you want to build muscle growth. In the weightlifting world, building muscle growth is the definition of hypertrophy. I often find myself listening to women like you who don't know how to prescribe a weight training program for themselves. Women like you who either don't want to waste their time figuring it out through trial and error or women like you who feel unsure and timid, who don't want to look like they don't know what they're doing. So I read through some of the meta-analyses. Hear me out. These are the best of the best research studies, and they study hundreds and hundreds of other high-quality studies measuring similar outcomes on a similar group of people, usually men, but women too, who are healthy and young. And the findings were always similar for weight intensities or loads you want to use for muscle strength and muscle growth. For muscle strength, you always want to train greater than 70% of your one rep max. You always want to pick up dumbbells, barbells, or plates with Weight calculating at greater than 70% of your one rep max. And this weight intensity doesn't change for muscle growth. You're still going to train at greater than 70% of your one rep max. However, you're going to train at a much higher volume, especially if you're looking to grow that peachy peach, girls. (laughs) Now that we narrowed down our weight intensity at greater than 70% of our one rep max, How many lifts should you perform per workout session? How many workout sessions per week? How many sets and reps of each exercise? How long should I rest between sets? At what cadence should I perform each rep? Meaning how fast should I push and pull the weight? And when you Google weight training modalities, sets and reps to improve your muscle strength or size, 
there's so much, so much variation. And when you review what's in the research, the nerd in me can't help it. You still see exercise recommendations like one to five sets or six to 12 reps. And for anyone who needs a quick answer, well, what is it? One set or five sets, six reps or 12 reps. And just like many other industries, the fitness industry is completely saturated. There's too much information to filter through and identify what's actually credible. So in part one of this episode series, I mentioned Dr. Andy Galpin, who I love, a professor at Cal State, and he's conducted research studies on professional male and female weightlifters for over a decade. So I appreciate his perspective on exercise prescriptions for muscle strength, muscle power, and speed. I especially appreciate that his recommendations are more specific than your Google search results. He suggests the 3 by 5 method. That's all you have to remember. Two numbers, 3 and 5. Specifically for muscle strength and muscle power. And this is for every modality. That's why it's so easy. That's three to five sets, three to five reps, three to five minutes of rest between sets, three to five exercises, and three to five workout sessions per week. Totally specific and simplified. He's my kind of research guy. You'll want to train at greater than 70% of your one rep max still, like I mentioned before. And if you want to train for specifically muscle growth, you'll need to prioritize two modalities that's different from muscle strength and muscle power. Volume and rest between workout sessions. When considering volume as a modality, we're talking about performing at minimum 10 working sets per muscle group per week. And I'm not talking about per session per week. And at a minimum of five reps per set. Then if I'm training for larger groups for larger glutes, for example, and I'm lifting, let's say, three days per week, I'm choosing two lifts, glute kickbacks and a barbell bridge at 70% of my one rep max. So five sets of glute kickbacks and five sets of barbell bridges equals 10 working sets that I'm performing each week specifically for gluteal muscle growth. Between your sessions, schedule two to three days of rest when your goal is strictly muscle hypertrophy. This is important. If your glutes are sore walking into your workout and you have plans to work in five sets of 10 barbell bridges, you're doing yourself a disservice because at this point you're breaking down muscle versus growing muscle. Now in part one of this episode series, we also talked about how to measure your one rep max. There's a small percentage of my lifts where I will train at 70% of my one rep max, although I use rate of perceived exertion or RPE to judge the load intensity on the majority of my other lifts. Let's talk about RPE or the modified RPE, I think it's called now. RPE is a subjective measure on a scale of one to 10 of how much effort you think is required to move a particular weight or perform a particular activity. No one can measure this for you, only you can. On a scale of from 1 to 10, where 1 is extremely little effort to move the designated weight and 10 is nearly impossible to move the designated weight, rate of perceived exertion, or RPE, is an alternative to using a 1 rep max or percentage of your 1 rep max. In a study by Haddad et al., the researchers monitored resistance training programs based on RPE, and the studies confirmed that using RPE is valid and reliable for monitoring weight intensities for men, women, children with varying levels of training. The reason why I'm mentioning this particular study is because the results strongly support that 
RPE is a fair alternative for measuring your one rep max. So some will argue it's difficult to determine the RPE for a given activity, especially when you're new to exercise. So yeah, it will take some practice for sure. However, using RPE is a nice alternative to using a one rep max because it also takes the mathematical equations out of out of the equation when determining the percentage of your one rep max. Also, measuring your one rep max can be dangerous to your muscles and your joints as a beginner to weight training. A one rep max test should ideally be measured with a trained professional or at the very least with a friend who's an experienced weightlifter. This way they can spot and help you control the weight as you're approaching failure. You can find an RPE chart if you just Google search it and there are RPE equivalents to 70% of your one rep max to 75, 80, 85, 90% of your one rep max. And the RPE at 70% of your one rep max is a 6 out of 10. So at this point, your first rep, when you're pushing and pulling, you should feel like the weight is slightly more than moderately difficult. For those of you who are brand new to weightlifting or it's been a year or more since lifting weights, listen up. For the first three to four weeks, when you first begin a fitness plan, the general guideline is that you follow a linear progression program. You'll see this everywhere on Google. Just for the first three to four weeks, start with a high volume of reps, sets, sessions, and low weight intensity. Take it easy. Find your form, find good technique, then after three to four weeks of harnessing that form, technique, a good rhythm, then follow the three by five method and increase your weight intensity to 70% of your one rep max or at a RPE equivalent to six or higher. This will elicit the largest response for muscle growth and muscle strength. And for a long, long time, you know, years and years this will work. Then at some point you'll find that maybe you'll see a plateau in growth or strength. And so then the recommendation changes to a non-linear progression program. So you'll switch it up from week to week or session to session on volume and weight intensity in order to keep the system guessing. And listen, you absolutely want to go to failure or submaximal failure on each set. And what I mean by that is, at the last repetition of your set, you want to feel like you have one rep or two reps or zero reps left in the tank, okay? And if you are not reaching failure at the end of your sets, then you are not optimizing your time at the gym. You are not optimizing your results. There is one more modality to think about, which is cadence of each repetition or how fast you move the weight up and down, back and forth. And Dr. Andy Galpin recommends to move the weight using a 3-1-1 method. And that just means you are pushing or pulling the weight for a three count. So let's say you're seated at the chest press machine, okay? And you're pushing the weight away from your chest. So you're going to count to one second, pause for one second, then slowly control the weight back down to the starting position for three seconds. Okay, so here we go. We're at the starting position. You're going to push the weight for one hold then you're going to rest for one second, and then you're going to bring the weight down for three seconds. Here we go again. Push for one, hold for one, come down for one, two, three. This way you're eliminating the possibility that you're using momentum to get the weight up and you're prioritizing the eccentric phase. With the use of the 3 method, you are making the most use out of each repetition. 
But listen, these general guidelines are for people who remain driven and motivated on the basis that they are making progress. And you can only make progress if the numbers are documented in front of you for comparison. To give you an opportunity to reflect on the program you have set in place and make any necessary changes to see better results. For me specifically, I exercise because I like the way it makes me feel. I choose my exercise plan based on the movements that challenge me and movements I can perform with proper form, technique, and control. Movements that are functional, and that just means movements that involve every body part, not one body part in isolation, because that's how we naturally move in the real world. Think of a bicep curl. You do not bend your elbow and straighten your elbow with your arm by your side in real life. This action rarely occur, occurs in real life. If you are bending and straightening your elbows to take a sip of water, you're also moving your shoulder. You're also extending your head and neck. If you're bending and straightening your elbow to grab a plate in the cabinet up above, now you're moving your shoulder and your neck. And if you're short like me, maybe you're on your tippy toes, right? So, I mean, my goal is, yes, to to exercise for function, but also to look a certain way, right? I'm just being honest. I feel like that's when I'm feeling myself the most, when I have the most swag in my step, (laughs) when I like how I look in a dress or jeans and heels, right? But I also want to be able to bend over, side split, stretch my arms sideways and behind me to draw a chalk road on our driveway for my daughter to run on. I want to be able to throw my son in the air and pretend to body slam him on the bed, you know? And he's pushing 45 pounds. He's dense. I want to be able to play, to have the energy to play and not be sore in the morning. Feeling tired and sore is just something I'm not willing to tolerate on a day-to-day basis. That stuff pisses me off and stresses me out. My threshold for that BS is so low because I know, like I hope you know after listening to this episode, that we have a choice. If we don't like our situation, we have a choice, many choices in fact, to educate ourselves, find the right resources, ask questions, and change the situation we're in. And I hope after today's episode, you have the confidence to walk into your gym with a plan and a strategy and the mindset that today I know exactly what actions I need to take to get closer to my fitness goal. Thank you so much for listening in. If you receive some insight and tangible strategies you can use, please subscribe to the Exercise Proper podcast. Post a screenshot tagging your girl at Liz underscore Graveline. Do not forget to leave a review, please. Or if you are looking for other tips and tricks in your health and wellness journey, you can send me an email at lizgraveline at gmail.com. I'd shriek at the side of your name in my inbox. That would be amazing. See you next time, guys.